Welcome to the Story Discovery Podcast. I'm your host, J.W. McAteer. Coming up, you'll hear a new work from our free online publication, Etched Onyx Magazine. Please join me and co-host Melissa Collings after the reading when we talk with the author about their work and all things writing and otherwise. This podcast and all related materials are a production of Onyx Publications. All works, stories, and poems are copyright 2023. All rights reserved. Today's show features a poem titled Hanging On, written by Kathy Hammond and narrated by J.W. McAteer. Settle in and enjoy. Hanging On by Kathy Hammond. Mama ain't been home for two years now. First one broke hip and then the other. Then a pile of problems lasting so long her muscles gave up and now she can hardly walk. So many sisters, so many opinions. Stop the rehab, bring her home to dad. I said no, he ain't carrying her to the bathroom. Besides, Ma's stubborn. She'd be brewing her own coffee and sweeping the front porch and breaking something else before noon. It's hard, everyone having a say, aunts, uncles, cousins, dad. People who act like friends so they can spout advice. But in the end, Ma chose me to decide. The oldest son, the only one and I'm doing the best I can. Then, Dad got sick with that damn disease. It's like a snake in the barn, sleeping in the hay by your favorite horse, striking out of nowhere. Six days later, and Dad was dead. Now, when the sick calf cries all night and the latch on the back gate sticks, I do what I always do, pull my phone out of my coat pocket and start dialing dad. Then I shove the phone back in, surprised, all over again. It's hard as hell to tell Ma. Took me a bit to get on up here. I head for her room, nurse jabbering on the loudspeaker, janitor mopping the white tile floor. Goddamn rehab center. I hate this place. Last room down the corridor, Ma's lying there on that mechanical bed, looking like a used-up rag. Oh, Ma. She pulls up her blanket and picks up the clicker, pushing them buttons till she's sitting up straight. Fresh red lipstick covers her cracking lips. She must be feeling better. I scoot my chair close, every muscle quivering, every piece of me aching for her. What's wrong, son? It's dad. Is it getting worse? I lay my hand on her leg. Nothing but bone under that blanket. He died, Ma. Her face crumples, wrinkles like riverbeds. I'm sorry, Ma. I cry too. We got tears and snot running all over the place. And time goes on. Longer in a train track. 
my arms folded, my head lying right there on her legs. Come on now, she rubs my neck. I don't want to sit up. I don't know what I want. Hand me that tissue, son. We both use some. Listen, sugar, make sure you put him in that dark blue suit, the one he wore to Tommy's wedding, with the light blue shirt. All right, Ma. Ain't nothing all right. I love you, she says, and I say it too. I take her hand, gripping it hard so she knows I mean it. She squeezes mine back. You all right, boy? The tears slide out. She's the one asking me. Ma? What, son? You didn't get to say goodbye. Shh, boy. Outside her window, the traffic rushes past. Tires spinning on wet pavement, trucks blaring their horns, but we don't flinch. She's looking at the walls, white walls, white bed. I have to go, she says. What? I gotta go. He's waiting for me. No, Ma. He said you need to get healthy. You need to get on home. She shakes her head. God, how he loved her. He was her rock and her island. Sitting in the back row during her first court case, smiling at her black robe like it was a prom dress. It's time, she says. She closes her eyes and pushes the clicker till the bed goes flat. Not even hearing me about the sick calf, how I got the syrup in him just in time. Remember, Ma? You taught me that. She's quiet. All 92 pounds of her. Not 120, not 110. Two years ago, I wouldn't have known that. Knowing more now than I ever imagined. We've talked about a lot these last few months. Like how she gave up taking care of us to become a magistrate. Because helping people matters. Sorry I missed your baseball games, she whispered one day. It's all right, I said. It hurt back then, but it doesn't hurt now. Another time, we talked about Cassie, the pretty one I never married. You were sweet together, she said. Yep, I screwed that up. It's so hard, I said, to find the right woman, someone who likes tractors and doesn't mind my hours, someone who makes chicken fried steak just like yours. You got me already, son. You can stretch your wings a bit. I know, Ma. The other morning, she lectured me on forgiving my sister for never coming by. She's like a mole, she said, digging her little tunnels and never coming up for air. Just give her space. Okay, Ma. Okay. It makes me wonder what we went on about before all this. The weather. The price of hay. Ma snores and I slide my chair back. Gotta get on over to the funeral home. Talk to someone about Dad. That's how life is, you know. You want to do one thing, like sit with your ma, but someone's always waiting on you, the phone ringing, a cow bleeding. Anyway, that night, ma has a stroke. Next day, by the time I get there, she's got all kinds of tubes in her, and I'm trying not to throw up. Not that I've been eating. The doctor walks me to a tiny room, stubble on his chin. I've been in a lot of rooms like that. He says, 
She isn't going to make it. Oh, God. I put my elbows on the little circle table and hold my head up. Ma, in her flower apron, bending down to pull a red velvet cake out of the oven. Ma, in her Carhartt coat, sitting on the four-wheeler, revving up the engine. Ma, in that white room, closing her eyes so she don't got to stare at that white ceiling. Will I get to talk to her again? The doc leans back. No, son. I twitch. I am not his son. Twenty long minutes about brains and tubes and impossible chances, if that's what we want. But that won't make her whole again. We have to decide. I have to decide. Let me know when you're ready, son. Yes, sir. I look right at him. I ain't looking away. I walk back to her room and hold her hand again. So warm, but we ain't squeezing. Her hands limp, and I'm just holding on. You've just listened to Hanging On, written by Kathy Hammond. And we have Kathy on the show today to talk about this piece and writing life in general. So welcome to the show, Kathy. Hi, JW. Thank you. Great. So good to have you on. And we are joined, as always, with the venerable co-host, Melissa Collings. Welcome, Melissa. Hello, hello. (laughs) So good to have everyone here today. All right, Kathy. Well, you know how I do it. I like to jump right in. So start off just by telling us a little bit about yourself and your writing journey, kind of how you got here. Okay, so, you know, my writing journey started when I was a kid. I used to write all the time. Uh, When I was in sixth grade, I wrote this really short story. It was about a black lab retrieving a duck, and it was a really good story. (laughs) And I I had pictures, and they were colored, and it was great. And so anyways, it, it won some prize, and I got to go to a young author's conference, And that was just so exciting at the time to be in a room with a bunch of other kids my age who thought writing was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, it was fun. I I don't have a lot of really vivid memories from that long ago, but I remember that. Um, And then kind of unfortunately, you know, life goes on and I took some other turns. So I didn't do a lot of writing after high school or college. In the years since then, I became a teacher. I taught English, French, English as a second language, social studies. And then about 30 years ago, I opened a childcare center. And then about 20 years ago, I opened a K through five school. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I was really busy. Busy with lady. Those things. Yeah. 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 Oh my goodness, those are huge endeavors. Yeah. And then I have um, four kids. So, you know, that. Oh my goodness. Keeps you busy. Um, so, what's going on? Yeah, so about two or three years ago, I started putting other people in place to run the two businesses, and that um, that gave me so much more free time, and all my kids are off no in their doubt. own lives now, and the schools <laughs> are A new phase around. of life. Yeah. yeah. So um, I found myself with all this free time and um, kind of got back into creative writing, so it was just um, 
it was came as a shock that I had that much free time and I was so excited. To <laughs> you knew how to fill it back yeah. from that sixth grade seed. Yeah. And the really cool part of it is um, I didn't realize, well, of course I knew it, but I just didn't put it together that during all that time that I was running the daycare and the school, I was writing all the time. I was mm-hmm. writing every single day, but yeah. it just didn't didn't feel like writing to me because writing to me would be poetry or stories. Right. right. But um, that time, you know, I was I did a lot of grant writing. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a story. That's what yeah, those are... grant <laughs> you're, you're telling a story. You are. You are. Yeah, and the better you are at telling your story, the more grants you get. So. Right. Exactly. I love that. Um, and then you know you write. We have a 35-page emergency procedure handbook that I wrote all by myself. Ooh, dramatics. Yeah. <laughs> what to do in a tornado, what to do if somebody sneezes, just endless. Um, so, the same uh, procedure, right? Yeah. <laughs> Duck and cover. Duck and yeah. cover. <laughs> so um, I, I think that all of that kind of business writing helped me when I started creative writing, you know, when you write a newsletter to the families, you have to be super clear, pick the right yeah. words, say it quickly. So some of that has kind of spilled over into my creative writing. I tend to choose really simple words, write very simple paragraphs. I aim for clarity. Um, so it's funny because I love reading poetry and I love trying to figure out metaphors and I love symbolism. But when I write, I tend to write more crisp, you know, clear. Straightforward. Yeah. Mm. Um, just because that's how I've done it for 30 years. So it's, it's kind of a task to try yeah. to get in the other mood. Um, and then the other thing about business writing is um, you write fast, right? Because like, yeah. you don't want to be at work. Time is right. right. <laughs> so that's kind of spilled over into the creative writing for me too. Yeah. I write really fast. Or at least when I get in the moment and the ideas are going, I just tend to get it all down there and write quickly. And it kind of keeps your time organized. You know, I only have this much time. I'm going to sit down and do it. Um, so it has helped me be a little bit disciplined about the creative writing. Otherwise, I would sit and do research on the computer for hours before I finally started right. writing the thing. Yeah, <laughs> so. totally. You, you and the rest of the world, right? Yes. Yeah. It's an yeah. easy thing to do. Yeah. I love that. I love how your story kind of prepared you to write and get into the creative space. Yeah, I don't think you know that while you're going through it. It's just yeah. in retrospect that you think, oh, I really did learn how to do something there. I love that. I think in your background materials, too, you said that that kind of gave you some freedom to you. You knew how to write a good sentence. You know how to use subjects, verbs, periods, you know, all those things, how to put the sentences together. So you had a little bit more freedom to just put what you wanted, the creative stuff on the page. Yeah, you know what else happens um, as a school administrator? You end up writing a lot of emails or messages to teachers and families on hard topics, right? Things yeah. like, mm-hmm. um, you know, here's how your child's behaving today or, Bullying, you know, yeah. your expectations for your employees. You've got to be really so, intentional with those words. Right, just yeah. to try to develop the tone that you're looking for. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, we all know email is the most impossible to get the right tone. Um, so I think I didn't realize it, but now when I write, I can see right away, oh, that's not the tone, that's not the voice. You know, Ooh, I have to yeah. I have to work on that. Not that I necessarily can always find it, but at least I know when it's not what I was looking for. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, right. That's Tell us cool. about 
yeah, tell us about this story. What, um, give us a little bit of background. What, why did you decide to write this story and how did it come to be? Um, so one of my really good friends, he lost both of his parents within 10 days of each other. Mm. This was a couple years ago, just before Christmas. Um, his mom had been in the hospital for a long time and just was having a hard time recovering. And then his dad caught COVID and passed away. And then shortly after that, oh, his mom God. passed away. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, so I kind of knew when I started out that I wanted to do a story with both parents passing away. I knew that I wanted I wanted it to be set in the countryside or some kind of farm or ranch to kind of yeah. give it that down home, authentic family feeling. Yeah. yeah. I knew that he, he would have relatives that disagreed with choices and that he'd have a sister who had her ideas. So I kind of had most of the action scenes figured out. Um, I knew there had to be a scene where he tells his mom about his dad. That was kind of, that was my original goal with the story. But um, what I didn't have in mind was, you know, all those details, right? The metaphors or the, um, how to put the words together, who would talk when. So I just kind of started writing. And one thing I discovered, I didn't, I think that the theme developed while I was writing it because while I was writing it, it started to be all those little moments that you have when somebody passes away mm -hmm. where you remember that person. Yeah. Um, so there's that one scene or that one little mention where um, he says something like when the, when the gate closes and the latch is broken, you know, he thinks of his dad. And then when he walks past the front porch, in his mind, he can kind of see his mom sweeping it. Yeah. And I, I think that when people pass away, everybody thinks about the general sadness of it, but what's hard for the person who's going through it is more of those little teeny moments where you just keep having these constant flashbacks to remembering that person. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that was that developed itself as I wrote the story. And then when I got to the end, I was like, oh, this was kind of about I thought it was going to be about how his mom took the news, but then when I got to the end, it was more about how he just couldn't let it go. How he, yeah. obviously it was too soon anyways, but yeah. um, that's kind of what the story turned into. So it's kind of developed itself. And um, then at the end, I had to add that last scene with the doctor. I hadn't thought of that mm. in the beginning, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it needed an ending where he could say, you know, I'm, where he could say he was still thinking about those little moments and he just wasn't sure he was ready to let go yet. So you, right. know, you think you have it all planned and then you get to the end and you're like, oh, I need to add one more thing here and there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think that really speaks to the fact that so many people are afraid to put words down on the page because they don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. And part of the process is sometimes putting whatever you have down and then filling it in. You know, yeah. and I yeah. think I love how you put that because it's kind of a piece of advice in your process mm -hmm. for everybody else, you know. Yeah, you know, you get that whole discussion about pantsing and plotting and all of that. I'm yeah. not sure. I think I do both. Um, I think I usually have the bones of the story figured out. Yeah. Not that they don't change, but, you know, I have it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then I kind of write along those bones and going through the scenes that I thought I was going to write. And then as I'm yeah. doing it, another scene pops in or an idea comes up I look at it like I was telling a friend this the other day when I was growing up we had a pool in the backyard and there were these huge apple trees that kind of drooped over the pool and um 
they would fall. The apples would fall. The pool was so gross. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a mess. Like, In my head, I'm thinking, like, wow, how did they keep that clean? apples, and they were brownish color and gross, and they're just stuck in the pool. So you go get the net and you clean it out, but there was still all this little stuff floating around. So I kind of think of, I think in my brain like that, like this swamp full of these little pieces and they're just kind of all floating in there. And then when I go to write a story, there's like this little net that goes into my head and kind of scoops some of those out. That's how I feel. I like that (laughs) imagery. So it's not like the ideas pop into my head. I think they're already there, but um, it's me kind of sifting through like well that idea worked there no how about that idea how that fits um and i just kind of run through the various memories or experiences i've had until something goes oh that one works in this story yeah Yeah. Um, what's really hard though when you do that is then you go to write the next story you're like oh darn i gotta use that i can't use that (laughs) (laughs) exactly you love something so much and you're like oh man i can't can't use it again but i love it you can now explain your process when somebody's like how do you how do you write so, well, it's like tur- cleaning out a dirty <laughs> swimming pool. Yeah. yeah that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask this. One of the things that I found unique about this piece is that it's, you know, it's effectively flash fiction in a way. I mean, it's, you know, around a thousand words, but you've written it as a narrative poem, you know, with your different stanzas and whatnot. Why did you choose that approach instead of an actual, just a straight up story? I actually wrote it both ways. Um, oh, okay. When I first wrote it, I wrote it as a story. And then I rewrote it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest here. I rewrote it as a poem because I think there was a contest I wanted to enter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought, well, let's try it as a poem and see how it works. <laughs> and actually, I liked the poem better because I took out a lot of the excess that yeah. didn't need to be there. So right. it came out cleaner. Yeah. Also, as a poem... Um, so when I write stories, one of my things I have to fix that I've been working on is I'll just kind of go in all different directions and I'll have too many characters with too many issues, too many conflicts, too much to solve. Mm -hmm. But then when I turned that into a poem, I really had to tighten it up and just stick with the, the man and his issue with letting go or the beginnings of letting go of this sadness. Um, before when it was a story, I had some stuff about the mom and the dad and the sister that Mm. I kind of cut back. So I I think, I don't know that um, that would happen every time I write something. It just happened with that, that it felt a lot better as a poem. Interesting. Kind of poem stanza, not quite a poem, poem. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. A a melding of the two. You know, I wonder if you took that poem and then turned it back into a story. You know, now you would have a more refined, even story. It might be an interesting exercise. Huh. I, yeah, I feel like that would just be a, a case of deleting white space and uh, recreating paragraphs without changing very much of the language. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, I really enjoy kind of the, I like the cadence of it and the, mm. the sort yeah. of scenes, you know, because yeah. um, it's all meaning, basically. It's all important and it flows really well. So anyway, I, I really enjoyed it and. Glad you submitted it, so thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Well, okay, so you said you kind of write, let's see. She writes was, when the inspiration strikes. Right. Is that where you're going with That's this? That's where I was because trying to go oh, with this. Yeah. I am so fascinated by this piece of information Yeah. because life is busy, right? And I know you've mm-hmm. slowed down, 
and I'm stealing this question from you, but it's, it's one I it's really want to know about. <laughs> <laughs> is you you when the inspiration strikes, you go for it, and like how what where where are you when the inspiration strikes that you were able to drop and go? I want to I want to oh. hear about this. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, first, I want to tell you how I ended up writing that way. This is crazy. But at the same time that I got back into creative writing, I started taking pottery classes. And I'm not really very good at it. I don't go often enough. I don't practice that much. But um, I really like it. I like sitting at the wheel. You know, you put your foot on that little pedal and the wheel spins around and there's <laughs> clay is like mud. It's just dirt sitting there yeah, and it's spinning right. and you get to play with it with your fingers. Um, so what I learned in doing that, because I've had some really good instructors, is that there comes a time when that clay is spinning and you're kind of molding it. So the more it spins, the drier it gets, right? And then you put water on it and then it's too wet and then you got to spin it. And so at some point, there's this time where it's the perfect consistency. And right when it's just the right amount of wet, dry, is when you can kind of use your fingers and get it into the shape you want it to be in. Hmm. Um, and you, it's not like you have to do it within 10 seconds, but you really have a, a window. You can't just yeah. play you can just play with it forever, but then you have to throw it away. I mean, if you want to turn it, <laughs> if you want to turn it into something, you really have to kind of get it while it's kind of moving and grooming. And I yeah. know it's just dirt, but it does kind of come to life, and you can feel it happen. Yeah. And you know that okay, now is when I have to shape it, or I'm going to lose it. So, um, you know, when you're sitting there at the wheel and it's spinning, and you have nothing to think about, I was thinking about writing and how. I think for me, writing's a lot like that. Like it's yeah. the moment when it's in my mind and it's kind of spinning around. And if I don't write it down right then and I go, oh, I'll write that down later. Um, I've tried that. Sometimes it works, but more normally, if I go write it right, well, I'm still thinking about it. And this sounds crazy, but if I'm really upset about something or something just made me really mad yeah. and I'm feeling emotional or really sad, if I'm feeling emotional, that's probably one of the times where I that spark will come to me like oh okay mm -hmm. well maybe I'm mad about this I'm gonna go write about that right now I don't even necessarily yeah. have to write about the same thing but that emotion's flowing through me so let's go find a pencil or a computer. I like that um, and I think about what's your question exactly like where am I in the world that I can just put down whatever I'm doing. I know, because I'm thinking right now, like, perfect excuse. I'm picturing myself during dinner. Oh, I have this idea. Forget it. You guys are on your own. Figure yeah, well, out dinner yourself. So my four kids are off in their own lives now. Yeah. Um, so dinner, if I want to make dinner, I can, or I can eat peanut butter um, <laughs> just with a spoon. Right, um, I love it. So I don't have that huge responsibility. And then at work, I have people kind of managing all of the different facets right now, so I, they don't I mean, obviously, sometimes they'll need me and they'll call and say, well, what, you know, what can we do about this? We need your help. But um, I find a lot of the days I have a lot of free time now. So mm -hmm. I can just kind of put down what I'm working on. Yeah. It's this great feeling that I haven't had before. Well, I You've guess worked I hard in college, for it. Yeah. But I don't really remember that part of my life. That was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, but so it's just a great feeling to have that. And um, that's yeah, an opportunity. I'm just really fortunate, yes. you know, everybody in our family is healthy, so I don't have responsibilities that way. Um, my kids are pretty well set, so I'm just loving it right now. I hope it lasts for like another 20 years. Yes. Yeah, us too, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So do you carry around a pen and a, a, 
Like how do I you? I carry my laptop everywhere I go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Everywhere. So and you then... just break that baby out and start. I typing. do. If I'm sitting in a doctor's office, I've got my phone and I'm on the Google Drive. You know, the documents yeah. are on the Google Drive, so I can get to them on my phone. Right. And um, I look like a teenager. I sit there with my fingers. And I'm going. You're writing great masterpieces on your phone. But also, I'll have, um, I'll have, uh, there's like little pads of paper everywhere I go in my life. They're all over. Right, so right. I've got Kleenex and paper everywhere I go. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> I am the same. I recently bought a notepad, a waterproof notepad and pencil for my shower. I Because I would have these great ideas and I'd be like, that's great because there's something about the water for me. Oh, and so awesome. I would wow, I would have nowhere, you know, yes, you, it's on Amazon. <laughs> I bought it. It works. It actually works. I have written notes in the shower. Oh, and you know, they're, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just absolutely fabulous because capturing those ideas when you said it, I totally agree. When the emotion is there, when the thought is there, the second time for me is never the same. I'm always yeah. disappointed when I wait. And so I, I think I write it down later and I look at it and I'm like, this is not the magical thing I thought of. Right. And right. I can't I can't quite bring it back. Some wording or something feels huh. lost. Um, it reminds me a long time ago, I was um, upset about something. So I said, well, I'm going to just go out on the boat and be by myself. Yeah. So I get on the pontoon boat. I go out on the lake. I have my paper. And so I write this story and I was so proud and I was like, wow, OK, it not only does the energy helped me to write but it also helped writing helps me relax and calm down and yeah you know, think straight again so anyways i i was out there writing and i wrote the greatest story ever and i <laughs> i decided to go back and i put the boat in drive and off all the papers no, blew no, away no, no, no. <laughs> oh, right I'm out hurting. into the water and i watched them sink <laughs> I was hoping wow. that I was hoping you were not going to say that, but I was fearing yeah. those words when you said where this was going. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah. They went out That's... to water. Did you try to reproduce them? I tried to rewrite that story. I never got it back. I never. I couldn't think of the words. And yeah. Drifted yeah. away. So. Well, I I will say this though, because I've also like I find driving to be a very very creative process. Yeah. Not like city driving, but if you're kind of on the highway. You know, your brain yeah. can kind of get into that. So you just pull out your laptop while you're on the road? No, but see, this is the thing. So I, I get this like really great. I'm like, oh, this will, this will fit perfect in this scene. And so then I'll like pull up my phone and I'll just like record some notes. Like I'll use yeah, the yeah. voice memo. But then later on, I come across that and I listen to it and I'm like, that's the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> like it seemed so pure and perfect. And I'm like, wow, I can't use that. What was I even thinking? <laughs> so. I think it goes both ways. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I've had those moments too, where I write something down. In those, That's in those, you think they're moments of it's creative like you genius. Feel so powerful, <laughs> and it's like I don't have that feeling when I listen to it again. Right. It's like this but. is garbage. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll I'll read something that somebody else wrote, and it'll really touch me. And so then it'll give me an idea, and I'll go sit and write. And then I'll look back at it later and think, well. The thing I read was way better than the thing I yeah, read. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That's funny. It was inspiring, but it didn't. I couldn't emulate it. Yes, yeah. yes. It reminds me of you. It's hard to compare yourself. You don't want to compare yourself. But I just finished this great thriller. Well, I'm about to finish. I'm just like a couple of sentences away. But I was reading it, and I have been working on this thriller. And I got to the end, and I'm like, oh, that was so good. Like, am I going to be able to do something as good you know you can really get inside your head that just reminded me i'm just you, you have to keep your own creative process you know not yeah, compare yeah. yourself right 
Right. Well, it's hard to compare because I, th- I think that every writer has, um, you have like your own goals, what you're looking to do with the thing that you're writing. If it's to share a theme or yeah. share a culture. And then when you read something else, you don't know what that person's goals were when they were writing. Exactly. And so if you try to write just like them, I, I don't know how you can because you have to write yes. what's in your heart and the, yeah. the ideas that have been rumbling around in your head for a couple of months or a couple of years. And yes, there's so much value in your own point of view, if I can think of the words here, your own point of view and your own background all contributes that nobody else can replicate. Mm-hmm. So it may not yeah. be the same. Yeah, but it's that's why good. I think I think traveling does that to people. You know, you travel outside of your world into somebody else's world and you yeah. learn about how those people view the world and what their thoughts are. Yeah. And it changes you. It, it changes the way you view the world just because you learned about how they view it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then when you go to write, you're taking that with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you try to write like somebody else, they brought their past with them. Yeah. And you'll never it, be as good at writing right. somebody else than you will be at writing yourself. Right. And you have to tap into all those places you've been and all those people you've met and what they think and get a little bit outside yourself in order to write. Um, yeah. But you're getting outside your own personality and your own way the day goes and your own beliefs so that you can write. But you still have to rely on your own experiences to do that. Oh, it's jazzing sure. me up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody has their own story to tell and only and you can tell it best. I, you know, you hear that around. It sounds a little bit of cheesy when some people say it, but it's so true. You know, it really does. Everybody has a right to be writing. Yeah. You know, you guys always ask people what um, what their advice is. One of the best pieces of advice somebody gave me was, you know how they say, write what you know. But Mm -hmm. then what she said was, well, you can do that, but you could also write about places and times that you don't know. But she said um, more specifically to write about the feelings that you know. And I Mm. thought that was such good advice for me. Like, because when people read something, they want to, you know, they want to maybe go off into outer space or they want to you know, do a, a murder mystery, mm-hmm. but also people want to know feelings and they right. want to relate to what you're writing and, yes. and be like, oh, I felt that way before. That's so cool how that person put that into words the way I felt. You know, yes. I've never said yeah. that out loud and there that person wrote it down. Or maybe like, um, oh, you know, sometimes I'll read something and I'll be like, oh, I've never felt that, but that kind of explains how my mom felt or my dad felt yeah. or somebody else. So I, th- I think like, when somebody told this woman told me that she said to write down what you're feeling and use those feelings and help other people, you know, mm-hmm. see and feel those feelings. I was like, oh, I can do that. I can, yeah. write, I can, I can make up characters and give them dialogue that gives them feelings and inner right. thoughts that have feelings and actions that show how they feel. Um, it made writing sound so easy <laughs> when I got that advice. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. It is. Well, writing is like the ultimate form of empathy, I think, you know, or reading, I guess, writing and reading together, that kind of combination of putting yourself in someone else's shoes because you're literally doing that as the reader. Yeah. You know, you are envisioning becoming that person in a way or the people in the stories. And as a writer, you're wanting people to be become into those characters yeah they're either like you and you want to hang out with them because they're relatable or they're not like you and you want to hang out with them because you want to find out how somebody else lives yeah right and they're still relatable and they're, yeah right they're still Ultimately, relatable you can yeah. still learn things yeah that thing um what do they say 
um, opposites attract. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think of it. I think of it the other way around. Like I think that we're all human and we're all like way more the same than we are different. Like people are more, much more the same. And if you can just tap into some of that sameness and show how you feel it and how you do it and how you think it, I think people go, oh, that's me too. I want to read more. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like I read that story. I think I mentioned this in the paperwork I gave you. I read that one story about the kid walking through the sand in Sierra Leone. What was that story called? A Long Way Gone. Mm -hmm. And so the, the whole story is about this boy in Sierra Leone who's really young and gets recruited to be a soldier in their civil war. And um, of course, I've never been a soldier and I'm not a young boy and I've never had to walk through the sand to find my way out of anything. Mm-hmm. But I read that story and I swear I felt like I was there. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I knew what it was like to be that kid and right. to be that soldier and to go through what he went through. And that just amazes me that somebody can write that story in a way that a person on the other side of the world who has no, no similar experience at all can like, like start crying, right? <laughs> when you're oh, reading it. Totally. I just, that's amazing to me. I wish I knew how to do that. Yeah. Well, keep working at it. And yeah. You're, yeah. Yes. Cool. Great. Well, so let's talk a bit about your writing process. So, I mean, I know you write when it strikes you, but do you have kind of like a regular time? If you write when it strikes you, do you have time to knock out like, the whole short story or do you like do bits of it? Like you said, you're like in the doctor's oh. office and you write. I mean, is that just like the way you do it always? Or do you ever kind of say, okay, I have two hours a day to just edit this all together? Yeah, goals for each day. Uh, um, so that's a great question. I, so... <laughs> I hear other people say they write every day and they have daily goals. I don't do it that way. Um, I put aside a whole day. So I'll say to myself, you know, I'm not going to do anything else on Saturday. I'll turn my phone off. I'll, I have to go in a room where there's no TV. Um, and then I'll sit down with whatever the thing is I want to work on that day and I'll do it the whole day long. And honestly, lunch will go by and dinner will go by and I'll still be sitting there. And wow. Sometimes That's I get great. hungry. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have to go eat, but um, mostly it's the whole day. And if if I can get two or three or four whole days a week, then I'm just really excited. Wow, um, that's amazing. If I can't get the whole day, then I'll aim for the first half of the day. Usually by the second half of the day, I'm a little bit drained, and then mm, the ideas sure. don't, for me anyways, they don't come as freshly later in the day. Yeah, um, All the ideas kind of pop up, you know become more usable earlier the earlier I do it the better yeah and then you know I can't answer the phone or try to do anything in between the other day I was writing something and um Delta Airlines called me back because you know we'll call you back in an hour and 20 minutes (laughs) oh right so I got my return phone call and we figured out the flight and then I hung up and then I couldn't write anymore after that because your mind's on business and your brain has gone off into that world and then that was it it's like, yeah, that momentum. If you're on a train track and you're going and you're going and you have to suddenly stop, it takes a whole lot of energy to get going again. You know, yeah. I don't know how a train runs, but like a bunch of more coal. They probably, yeah. they probably don't use coal anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> that nuclear power. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever the that Diesel power engines that yeah. charge up electric generators is how they work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> So I can, I mean, I can just sit and write in a doctor's office, but that would probably, that would be more like revising or seeing if I like the the vocabulary, changing words, jotting down ideas, fixing a scene or new ideas. 
but not the real writing part of it. I don't think I could do that um, in little bits and pieces. I would, yeah. I would lose track. And um, one thing I've realized about me, I don't know if this is true for everybody else, but um, when I go back and look at something, I, if I over revise it, I'll lose the voice. Like yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll lose that feeling that made it kind of cool or kind of special. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I want to get it all done in one day while I, while I still have that voice in my head and it's still talking to me. And then yeah. if I come back at it later and try to change too much, um, I've done that before. And then I have to go back on my computer and find the previous version. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah okay. Who is it? One of our writers is basically like every day they save as. So in other words, they like, they got their... Oh yeah, and that gets like so. They have a new documents. They have tons of documents of the story, but that way they can always go back and like pull stuff out that they liked before. I don't remember who that was. Yeah, well, I the Google Drive does that automatically for you when you log out. Like the history or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. History, and I often go back into the history and go, oh, I kind of like that better. Put that right. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. funny. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're coming up on time here. So uh, we have a few minutes left for a couple more questions. So one question I have for you is readers. Do you have a first reader that you go to, is your go-to reader? I don't know why, but this is one of my favorite questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm on Scribble file. I don't know if- Oh my gosh. That is so funny. (laughs) The reason we're reacting that way is we just interviewed another author and he mentioned, the first time I've heard of it and he mentioned Scribble file. We talked about it a little bit. Anyway, and that was the first chat. time I've heard of Scribble File. Yeah, me too. And now oh, it's really? two days in a row. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> well, I like it because um, it's a huge site and you can do a lot of different things with it. Some people are on there and they just write in the forums where they have comments about writing, but you never actually see them post work. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of the opposite. I use that part of it, the part where you post your work and then people go on and um, critique it for you. Yeah. And, you know, it's... Um, you critique back and forth, right? So they'll critique yours and you'll critique theirs. And the whole point of that site for me anyways is to find good partners. Yeah. So people who kind of get what I'm trying to do and then I get what they're trying to do. And I don't just want like line edits. I want people to look at it and say, oh, well, why do you even have this character in there? Can you combine this character with that character? You know, Mm -hmm. more general help. So I like it for that. And then weirdly enough, I've given a lot of stuff that I've written to different family members and friends and asked them advice. And strangely enough, my daughter, who's 20, how old is Sam? Anyways, who's in her 20s? <laughs> <laughs> um, she is my best critic. And I, I guess I never would have thought that because I would have thought it, it would be somebody who's a writer. Yeah. And she's an engineer, which is wonderful, but she, she is not known for liking to write or liking to read. So it's just mm. kind of funny. And her advice is always um, right on. Like, and when she says it out loud, I go, oh, that's so true. I, that, that's a great idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Um, so she's kind of my go-to person. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. so sh- she wouldn't do grammar and stuff like that. She's just more into telling me how, how, what parts she thinks is missing and what parts she thinks are missing in the story. Like, well, yeah. could, could you add a chapter here where you, you know, talk about this, cha- you know, from this character's point of view, we haven't seen him in a while. One story I wrote, she said, oh, you have so many characters, I can't even keep them all straight anymore. Mm. And she actually told me which ones to get rid of. <laughs> so, oh, I love that. Wow, yeah. That's cool. fantastic. Yeah, or she'll tell you, well, that person, that character doesn't seem as genuine as these other characters. You know, you need to beef that one up a little bit. 
So oh. I love giving my work to her. That's great. I think that is fantastic. You know, sometimes yeah. writers can overanalyze a work or focus on the wrong thing. And the reader is getting that bigger picture because that's how they read. You know, they're not thinking about those fine details all the time. So sometimes you can get really good advice from a reader who is solid like that. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just really lucky that way. Yeah, that's good. Good. Very good. All right. Well, you've sort of gone into our last question, but I, I don't know. I would give you the opportunity to add to it or, you know, provide something different. But we do usually ask at the end of the show to share, you know, the best piece of writing advice that you have or a writing resource or something along that lines for our curious listeners, writers in progress kind of thing. So I guess the thing that helps me the most is just stamina, you know, like don't, don't stop. Don't let other things get in your way. Don't don't tell yourself you can't. Don't compare yourself to other writers. Don't say, "Oh, I can't do it today." Like just keep going and keep going and keep going. And one day you'll you'll find a voice that you know speaks to you. Yeah. And you'll yeah. want to use that voice to say things and then you know, maybe in another story you'll get a different voice or maybe you use the same voice over again, but you're only going to get there I think if you just keep going and going and trying and trying and you know, don't let anything stop you. I thought that your last question was going to be what made me cry, and I have a really good answer for you. Oh, good. Well, that's <laughs> one of my favorite questions, but Melissa is like, mm, on that question. All right. Are you not supposed to use that one anymore? No, <laughs> oh, no. We just, it just comes and goes. So, yes, please yeah, We tell like us. to joke right. about how much he loves bawling. it. We do. I, I was no. bawling, so I want to tell you oh, about yes. it. Yeah, tell yes. us. Um, I was spending the night at somebody else's house, and so I just found a book on the bookshelf, and I was like, all right, I'll take this to bed with me, and I'll just read it until I fall asleep. So I lay down and it's a how-to book, which I rarely buy. And um, it was how to forgive. And fortunately, I've never had any really big, like big hurts in my life. So I don't really yeah. have anything really huge. But I think everybody has little hurts and sure. you know, little things that you have to get past. And so I'm laying there in bed and um, you know, tears are running down my face and I'm bawling and I'm using the sheets really pretty sheets by the way <laughs> my <laughs> mascara all over the sheets <laughs> oh goodness just because I um you know I was reading and it was how to how to notice when you haven't forgiven somebody how you go about forgiving them how you actually do that how you forgive yourself the steps to take and I had just never thought of life like that before yeah. so it was um such an such a and I guess I didn't feel I needed it until I read about it. And then I was like, oh, I need this book. So Right. Wow. Um, and I never got the author's, I don't know the author's name um, or the name of the book. But I keep, I've thought all these years, um, next time I go back to that house, I'm going to get myself back in there and I'm going to sneak into that bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find that book and That's just write so that funny. author a little email and be like, hey. <laughs> yeah, you should. You made me that cry. Would make day. Yeah, right. Well. That so. sounds like a wonderful book anyway. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the author was, but I think it's, I don't I, I don't think I ever thought I needed or wanted a how-to book. So that was kind of my first step in how-to books. And now, yeah. now I like them. So. Yeah, that's great. Very yeah. cool, very cool. You, uh, my, you're muted. Huh, Melissa was saying something, but we couldn't hear it. Hmm. All right, well, at any rate, we are wrapping up the show anyway, so... Kathy, thank you so much for submitting, holding on, and letting us get it into Etched Onyx Magazine. And really appreciated having the opportunity to talk with you. It's been a lot of fun. So thank you for coming on. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. 
it's been a blast. Yeah. And I'll say goodbye for Melissa since for whatever reason we're having technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Melissa. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. If so, please do us a huge favor and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. Also, be sure to tell your writer friends. Ratings and word of mouth are our best tools for expanding the reach of the magazine and podcast. The Story Discovery Podcast is a free narrated podcast of works that appear in Etched Onyx Magazine. Edited by J.W. McAteer, all stories and poems are available at onyxpublications.com. That's O-N-Y-X publications.com. If you're feeling extra generous, you can support us at patreon.com slash onyxpublications or buymeacoffee.com slash onyxpublication with no S. As a nano publishing house, we are always looking for new works to showcase. If you'd like to submit a story or poems for consideration, please visit the submissions page on our website. In the meantime, keep reading and writing.